always a great day when we come into the house of the Lord on such a special day as this. Remembering what Christ has done for us, not only in his death, but his resurrection, as we kind of thought through that throughout the week. I want to say a special welcome to any of you who are guests with us this morning. I want to say welcome home. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. And uh, when, if you can take a few moments at some point of the, of the service, you'll see a little card in front of you. It's just called a connection card. And if you could fill that out just so we can have some information there and kind of follow up. Or if you have any questions about the church, you can feel free to write it there on that card. We want to be sure that we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're with us this morning joining us. Now, one thing I want to talk about this morning is morning people versus night hours. How many of you this morning count yourself as morning people? Raise your hands. You got up this morning ready for that sunrise service? No, I was there. Somewhere. But you got out of, this, out of bed this morning, you have no issues with getting up. You're excited when that alarm clock hits. You've not needed an alarm clock, actually, for a long time. You just set it just in case, but you get up on your own anyway without that alarm clock. And you don't really need it because you're going to wake up at the same time no matter what. You're just a morning person. That's how you're wired. That's how God made you. You may wake up sing, singing if you're able to sing. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. And then you have one of those things, too, when, you know, uh, you have spouses that aren't, don't quite match up. You know, one is singing, what a beautiful morning, and one is saying, leave me alone. <laughs> so we have morning people. Then how many of you are night people? You're night owls. You're, you're staying up late. You like to, that's where you function, that's where your brain starts going. Okay, we have a few here. Excellent. Now, if you're a night owl, you typically do advanced math to figure out how many times... You can hit that snooze bar and still make it on time. And you do that halfway asleep. You're thinking about it as you're laying there going, how many times do I need to hit that snooze that I can still make it out the door? You come alive at midnight. Maybe you listen to the song by Lionel Richie. All night long. That's how you're wired. You're wired as an evening person or a night person, a night owl. Now, I had a roommate in college that... Um, my first year at, at Wheaton, I was in a quad. What in a quad means we had four people in our room. So we had one large room, four people. And I had this roommate named Steve Lombardo. Now, Steve had such a hard time getting up in the morning that he set the alarm clock across the room. And of course, he was in the bunk bed on the top bunk. And so the alarm would go off in the morning and would just continue ringing. Beep. Beep, 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 beep. And all of us would be getting annoyed at this point. The other three of us. And we would take turns yelling, Steve, wake up. Your alarm is going off. And it was especially annoying when we didn't need to get up that early. But he did. But he just let that alarm go. And it just didn't seem to phase him. We were all awake. But it didn't phase Steve at all. I didn't realize this then, but I think God was preparing me for my teenage daughter. And I will have no other comment on that. There are other times that Steve would be sleeping. Sometimes in the middle of the day because he was kind of a night owl. And he'd be sleeping there today. We'd walk in and he would pop up from his bed and have a full entire conversation about the most random stuff you could ever think of. He tried to think of the most random thing. And he'd have a full conversation and not even know he had the conversation later on when he woke up. I mean, sometimes we'd have conversations about cheeseburgers. And it was just so random. He just said so many crazy things. And it was kind of fun in some ways. 
Today I want to talk to you about spiritual sleepwalking. Spiritual sleepwalking. What does that mean? It means that you're not really awake to the reality of what Jesus has done for us. You're not really awake to the reality of what Jesus has done for you and in your life, or maybe in the life of your family. And we can easily find ourselves spiritually sleepwalking where we're not fully aware of all that God is doing or that all God is trying to do. We're not even fully aware sometimes of every blessing that he gives us. Sometimes we just expect things. We don't always sense that God is giving us something. You see, we can all wake up, go to work, see the same old people, have the same old problems, get the same old calls, get off the same old, at the same old time, get into your same old car and drive to your same old house with your same old apartment and have your same old old chair that you sit in and you have the same old food that you eat. You watch the same old shows and then you go to bed to the same old bed and then you do it all over again the next day. Does it sound familiar? It's especially relevant these days where just sometimes it just seems like we're going through the motions. And you can do this week in and week out. And eventually you just become numb to everything. Anybody ever just get in the car without really thinking about where you're going and you just end up where you're going? Usually like, like work, it's just like autopilot. You just kind of get in the car and you go and oh, going through the motions. But we know that going through the motions doesn't mean that you're truly good. Don't do that on your motorcycle. And Easter is a great wake-up call for us to remember that Christ came and died 2,000 years ago. And he rose again from the grave. And what did he rise to? He rose to new life. See, Jesus gave us forgiveness. He gave us salvation. He gave us resurrection life. He gave us the things that we can renew our lives, no matter what we've done in our past. Those are the things that he gave that we need to become awake to and remember what he did. Why? So that we can find more of his life flowing through us, flowing in our hearts and lives. Today's message this morning is going to be from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 14. It says, For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, I want to give you a little context here with this particular passage. The church in Ephesus that Paul is writing to here were people of faith. This was not a salvation message. They had already started on this journey of faith. They had already grown. They had already accepted Christ as their Savior. But it is very possible that in the midst of that, that they began to find themselves going through the motions, saying all the right things, but sleepwalking through life. And here Paul is saying, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise up from the dead. Rise up from the numbness, the going through the motions. There's something more to your faith than simply going through the motions. You see, Christ will give you life when you wake up to God. You will have new life. The alarm is beeping for you. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. You've got an alarm. Beep, 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 beep. It's calling. It's calling us. It's calling you. It's calling me. It's calling this church. It's calling other churches in our area to wake up to the reality of what God has done for us.
when you wake up to that reality, you want to tell others. You want to share the gospel with other people. And the challenge for us is that we can be doing and saying all the right things, but spiritually, we are sleepwalking. Spiritually, we're unaware of our surroundings. We're having conversations that we don't even, we don't even understand. So we become numb to what God has done for us. This morning, I want you to go into this one thing. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Maybe you know it here, but it hasn't quite gotten here. I want you to awake to the fact that God loves you. God loves you. No matter what you've done in your past, it doesn't matter. Maybe you know it. Many of us have been around the church for a long time. We know it. We know that God loves us. But it's not here. We don't live like that. God loves us. See, because you can go through life being oblivious to the fact that God loves you. That God has a purpose for you. That God has a plan for you. But the reverse of that is true as well. You see, when you wake up to that, all of a sudden you find yourself living on a mission. All of a sudden those tasks that you did every day have some sort of significance in your life. You find yourself in a conversation with people that you never expected to have a conversation with. And you could never explain it. You find yourself helping people you didn't plan on helping. You find yourself finding confirmations like... Pastor Joe talked about just a few moments ago when I sent him that text and he was praying. And out of relationship, I just sent that to him. There's confirmation sometimes of what God is speaking through other people. And all of a sudden, these things that seem like coincidences start happening around people. And you begin to realize that none of these things are coincidences. None of these things just happen for the sake of happening. The people coming in and out of your life are not coincidences. When you begin to do that, when you begin to wake up to God's purpose and plan in your life to them, you begin waking up to the reality of God in your life. These are the moments where you begin to live more fully. And I want to talk about two alarms this morning. Two alarms for every believer or non-believer. If you say, I haven't quite made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior yet, that's okay. This is for you too. The first alarm is to wake up to the good news. Wake up to the good news. Now there's this blog called the Sleeping Man blog. And the man's wife recorded everything he said while asleep. And he was completely unaware of this. These are some of the things that he said in his sleep. It's such a good idea given the guinea pigs pigs wings. Flappy, flappy, flappy. Fat bats, fat bats. Another, another thing he said, shh. I'm telling you, your voice, my ears, and that combination. Another thing he said, your mom was at the door at the door again. Bury me. Bury me. <laughs> you see, when you're asleep, you're disconnected from reality. Just like my friend Steve, we could have full conversations and he would have no idea what was happening. When asleep, we're disconnected from that reality. And there's one night. I have lots of Steve stories. I don't know, I just he's one of those people, but there was one night in the middle of the night, lights were off, all of us are sleeping. All of a sudden, in the darkness, we hear, help me, help me, help me, help me! And we hear a loud thump. Steve jumped out of the bed. He thought he, thought he was he was saving himself by jumping from something. 
and he gets out of the, off the floor. He turned on the lights because we didn't know what was going on at that point. Turn on the lights. Steve just walks up halfway and he's like, that kills. That kills. He crawls back up in the bed and goes back to sleep. <laughs> but you see, when we're sleepwalking, there's, there's things that happen that we're just not attuned to reality. We don't notice or recognize the situation around us. And spiritual sleepwalking means we're disconnected from the reality of what God wants to do in us and what he wants to do through our lives. When we begin to sleepwalk, several things happen. When we begin to sleepwalk, our hearts get smaller, and our give-a-care level starts to go low. Mm. Our heart gets smaller, our give-a-care level starts to go low. So the consequences of that sleepwalking is when our compassion is low, our focus tends to be on perfectionism and performance. We get critical of ourselves, and we get critical of others. All this is a result of where we are spiritually. We're sleepwalking. We're numb. And the longer we keep that sleepwalking, our hearts get smaller and smaller. And then what happens next is life becomes all about me. If you want to be miserable, live life all for yourself. Live life all about you. You see, the opposite is true when we wake up to God. Our heart gets bigger. Our compassion begins to grow. Our give a care level goes up. When I'm awake to God, I am no longer sensitive to what others say about me because I know what God says about me. I'm not getting offended by everything that somebody else says. I want to give my life away to others, and that's where true happiness is found. See, when we wake up to God, everything changes, and life is no longer all about us. And Easter, is a reminder that Jesus rose up so that you could one day rise up above your circumstances, above situations, above family, whatever it takes that God can bring you through. The Bible calls this good news. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5 says, But God is so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life and raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. See, that's the good news. It's something that has happened in the past that can change our life in the present. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Good news is that Jesus died so that we can be forgiven. So that we can be made new. He rose from the dead so that we can rise to new life. He was so rich in mercy and love toward you and to me. So we no longer have to continue living with this big separation, this big growth, this big divide between us and the Holy God, where the sin becomes the thing that keeps us from Him and keeps us distant from Him. This is when we wake up to the gospel in our lives, when we can move forward without shame or guilt, and rise to new life. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He connects us to a church family. And now we have hope because of what he did. 
Are you awake to that this morning? Do you trust that Jesus gave his life for you? Are you living forgiven? Or are you living with that shame and guilt that you continue to carry around? Are you awake to God's love? easier for me to believe that God loves you than for me to believe that God loves me. Have you been awake to that? Have you been transformed? Have you been changed? I call again, wake, O sleeper, wake up from the dead and rise to new life. The second one I want to speak about this morning is Rising up to a new life. Have you ever been delayed? Running late? Had nothing to do with you, but you always have that friend that no matter what comes, they're always delayed. And you're all riding together and they cause you to be late. You're late to that concert or movie or whatever it is that you may be going to. And there are moments in life where life seems delayed. Anybody feel delayed over one year? One year of your life delayed? We just want to get from point A to point B. But then there are other people that do things that affect our lives. And sometimes we get put in a holding pattern. We're, we're waiting on the next step of what God has for us. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. says, don't be drunk with wine, because it will ruin your life. Instead, I'm going to say instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, which is what we did this morning. And making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the big principle here from that passage. Don't let something else control you. You have been made new. It's time to rise up to that new life. It's time to answer the alarm. It's time to turn it off. It's time to stop blaming everyone else. How do you get out of a holding pattern? You let the Holy Spirit control you. And you let the Holy Spirit have control. When you ask Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit becomes a part of you. You cannot say Jesus is Lord but by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God also challenges us to keep on being filled again and again and again. And we need to continue to be filled with this Holy Spirit again and again and again. Why? Because we leak. We get filled. And then it leaks. And we're not quite as full as we were before. Before we know it, if we're not being filled again and again, we find ourselves unempty. The resurrection reminds us that if we will wake up to God, that we can rise again to new life. A life filled with purpose. A life filled with God's spirit. A life filled with his love and his compassion. And a life filled with gratitude. I don't know where you are this morning in your spiritual life right now. You may feel like you've been knocked down time and time again. But I want you to know this morning that Jesus rose so that you can rise. Even when others have pushed you down, he can raise you up. Though others have written you off. He can raise you up above discrimination. He can raise you up 
above loneliness and depression and isolation and despair. He can raise you up out of family dysfunction. Jesus rose so that we can rise to new life today. O sleeper, let Christ's light shine on you. Let me say it again. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to bring dead people back to life. That is why we celebrate the resurrection. That is why the resurrection is so exciting. When you live a risen life, and you begin to recognize what God has done in you, that's a reason for celebration in and of itself. This morning, let this opportunity go by as we celebrate this resurrection. I was kind of preparing this message, God kind of spoke this into my spirit. To say to you, listen, don't hit the snooze button today. The alarm is going off. Many keep hitting their sins by putting it off. I'll get the life straight later. I'll fix myself first and then I'll come. And you keep reaching over in the sins. And the alarm goes off and you hit the sins again. But there will come a time when the alarm stops ringing. And there'll be two ways. believer, my challenge to you this morning is to make today the day to stop sleepwalking and to wake up to the reality of what God wants to do in you and wants to do through you. There are many others here that feel like today is your day to come to God. Scripture teaches a prodigal son and went and is in the lifestyle that he had achieved. And that loving father Presents God, welcomed that son back with open arms, no matter what he's done in the past, or what she's done in the past. You've hit the snooze button too many times, and now's the time to wake up to that reality of God's love and forgiveness for you. You can begin a new journey to life today. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to simply pray. Whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, you can say these words out loud, you can say them in your heart, not magical words. It's simply you stating your, your want, your desire to give your life over to Christ this morning. And what better day than Resurrection Sunday for God to give you new life today? Pray with me this morning. Dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life and help me face the challenges I am up against. God, I surrender my life to you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning, I want you to know that the Bible says that when one person gives their heart to Christ, that all of heaven erupts and rejoices. One person. And that's exciting. That's a celebration. I also want to let you know that there's some further steps that you can take. There's this free app called YouVersion. You can download that. It's a Bible. And there's also different devotionals and things in there. And there's 
One is it's called New Believers, Seven Steps for New Christians. Look that up and begin reading that for so you can take some next steps in your faith to continue to grow in your faith. It's, it's hugely important that you do that. We're excited for you. This is a great first step. And I know that God has even more for you as you begin to wake up to the reality of God's love and forgiveness in your life. This morning I'm going to ask the congregation to stand. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. We're going to call the Apostles' Creed. We've been teaching on this on Wednesday nights. We've been going through it line by line and kind of learning what the Apostles' Creed means for each one of us. And the Apostles' Creed really was founded prior to the Catholic Church and all the churches, you know, the, the Catholic Church back then in the first, late first or second century. So this is something that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation, down to us. And these are some of the key core components of our gospel. And so this morning, we're going to say this together. We're going to read it together and declare it together, the truths of the things that we believe this morning. Let's go ahead and do that. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Easter, everyone. We'll see you next week.